Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Spirit-Centered Business Podcast, where we blend the spiritual with the practical for supernatural results. Now, here is your host, Berlin Newby. Welcome to Spirit-Centered Business. I am so honored and blessed that I have Ron Hart with me today as my guest. Ron has been my prayer partner as we pray for Kingdom Talks and Gil and Adina and Kingdom Equipping Center and all things like that for how long, Ron? About a year and a half or so? I would say, at least. Yeah. So we cover the spirit realm together with our prayers, but we've never actually met in person. Right. (laughs) It's crazy. But I know that you are a kingdom business guy, marketplace minister, spirit-centered business guy. So I really wanted you on the show, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Well, you're more than welcome. I'm excited to see what God comes out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's always a, it's always a, a surprise sometimes. Right. Okay. So what I want to ask you is, you know, not everyone might be familiar with your story. So let us know a little bit of your business background and then how you have blended your spirituality into that. How do you express your, the spiritual side of you in the marketplace? Well, I've uh, been in two, two, two realms, one the entrepreneurial realm, and the other one is just a blue-collar worker. I've always been in uh, auto mechanics. I actually taught auto mechanics for 10 years at the local high school and ended up being the uh, head heavy-duty mechanic at UCSC, the university here in town. So if it has, wow. wheel, has wheels on it, I worked on it or took it apart or hopefully put it back together. But that's been my blue collar part, but I, I've, I've been in network marketing for 35 years and Hey, I started with Amway, you know, everyone laughs. about. Oh my that. gosh. I did not know that. Wow. <laughs> in fact, I probably did it two or three times. <laughs> you know, uh, come in and come down. And, uh, in that process, there was a lot of personal development, which I'm not, I didn't make any money, but I, learned a lot about uh, just relationships marketing that type of thing so mm-hmm. you know so i have both the blue collar and the entrepreneurial i always said there's got to be a better way there's always got a better way and that was probably part of the good things and at and the same time some of the bad things because as i'll talk later you got to pick something and stick with it so i jumped around all over you know i i, I said oh i made five thousand dollars in this company and i says well i lost 15 in this company and back and forth yeah. <laughs> You know, so uh, I told my wife, I says, my tagline will be, it says, a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a genius learns from other people's mistakes. Ah, so hang around go. and I'll tell you all my mistakes and you can be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing that, you know, you would be a good person to have as a mentor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. I tried that. Don't do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> This is fun for me, Brayley, because like you said, we've never met face to face, and this is probably the most we've talked together. You know, we're texting and praying and, you know, this, that, and I went to one uh, uh, Ultimate Impact at Gil's house, and 
we it was all people, but you were on the video, and then something, and then you were gone there. So I never really got to talk to you. So this is just good for me. Oh yeah, it is good. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, and I think that you came to KEC one time, and that was the one time that I missed it. So yeah, it's really cool to be able to to talk to you and get a little bit of your story. I did see you on Kingdom Talks. I don't. I wasn't on that show either. So it's kind of just funny how. That was all, way back. That was way back. Yeah. Although, weren't we on a show? Were we on the show with Oz Hillman together? Probably. That's that's who I've worked with for the last 15 years is Oz. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Him and Lan he and Lance Walnow were some of my early mentors in, yep. uh, in the marketplace ministry space and Ed Silvoso. So, yeah. yeah. We've been down parallel roads just didn't know each other so that's great yeah so tell us more about how you brought your spirituality into the marketplace or how were you able to you know be the expression of god that he created you to be in the capacity of your business i think that goes back to some of the things i will talk about is who am i and why am i and uh, it was really funny not funny, but 20 years ago, I just had this word and I just wrote up this uh, uh, idea. It says, if you want to take over a country or a community, do you go out and recruit an army or do you just activate all the guerrilla warfare guys that are already there? And to me, that's the marketplace. We have many kingdom-minded people already there. We just have to, one, validate who they are and then activate them in where they are. So that's been kind of my journey along long way. And working with Oz Hillman, it's just been so much fun because I started out on his email and I go, this, how this guy know this? You know, he, he knew everything that I was thinking and why I was going, but you know, oh, I'm a second class uh, Christian because I'm not a missionary or a pastor, a youth pastor. I, I spent years early on in the seventies that was probably after you, before you were born, but uh, uh, working in Young Life, which was one of my main, working with high school, I love high school kids. So mm. I did a lot of ministry work there and then teaching high school with high school kids. So my goal is find out what your purpose is. And I, uh, a guy named Kevin McCarthy wrote two books, The On-Person Person and the On-Purpose Business. And she just 25 years ago. So I came up you go through this process is what is your purpose and sometimes it's kind of hard but you go through it and i came out with a you have a two-word purpose statement and mine is connecting visions and oh. if you expand it is i serve god people and myself by connecting visions so if I'm ever in a group with you and you're talking to me about your life or what you do, I'm going, okay, I need to connect them with him or I need to connect them with her. So that that's just my anointing and my, my drive. That's why I just really resonate with Oz Hillman because that's where he is uh, also. He's a connector. And you can probably tell I'm not that alpha male kind of guy. Go out there. I'm a steady plotter. I'm, I'm very stable. I can bring that uh, stability and calmness into a, a chaotic situation and just say it's okay. One of the, one of my favorite uh, things in high school, I was uh, teaching high school kids about how to do life. 
and uh, I used to say, don't come to me the day before you have to hand in your notebook and say, I fell off the back of my motorcycle and three trucks ran over it. I go, yeah. that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I says, I can still like you and respect you, but I can still flunk you. You know, so it was validating them as a person and their behavior got evaluated, but that didn't change how I felt about them. In fact, I'm 73 years old and I just had one of my students come by yesterday that's 53 that we still have relationships. So that, to me, that currency of success and we're talking, you know, when we're in, in business, we're talking about success. How do we measure it? A lot of people say money or a house or I measure it. The currency of success is relationships. So it's all about relationships. I used to, they used to call me a narc at work because back then we had a, you know, cassette tapes. Do you know what those are? I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> I had one of those on my belt and had one earphone in my ear. So they called me the narc, you know, but I was, oh. I was listening to self-motivational talks and that type of thing. And one of the things, Peter Lowe was one of the guys I used to listen to. Oh yeah. Peter Lowe. Uh-huh. And, and he says the most valuable asset you will have later on in life. And I don't even know if you know what this is. You know what a Rolodex is? <laughs> is a Rolodex. Well, now it's your contact list, you know. Yeah, your Rolodex. Exactly. No, but that's true because it's your network. And it's, you know, uh, you know, in, in my space, it's your list. It's your email list, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and now that as things are moving along, you know, I did email marketing. You call me a spammer when it used to work. Well, it doesn't work anymore with the spam people on the air. But, you know, how many of you got in your list? You know, I got 100,000 on my list. I go, okay, at the end of the day, well, how many sales did I make out of that 100,000? Instead of just being happy, I have a big list. Is it productive? You know, so that's yeah. It's always about the quality of the list. Are they engaged? Do they know, like, and trust you rather than just the quantity? That's yeah. good. It, it's really good to... We were talking before we started the call. We've been doing this 31-day wisdom challenge with Pedro. Mm -hmm. How do you say? Adio? Adio? I think it is. Adio. Yeah, I think. I, I never heard I of him, but but I, I, I'm loving it. And he says, marketing is going beyond information and it's going into relationships, like I just said. He says, people want to be in a group where mm -hmm. they're known and they can be transparent and they're accepted. So... It's really a kind of, to me, a, a tweak in the marketplace itself that uh, the products that we're selling, mm -hmm. in fact, he's saying information, I just get the information away. And then people yeah. use it and say, hey, this is great. I want to be in relationship with you and your, and your team or your tribe or whatever you want to call it. So that is a kind of a, I see that as a big switch in the marketplace right now. And, well, you know, I'm glad that the kingdom kids are finally picking that up because when I came into this space and started retooling and knew that I was coming out, that was probably, it was in 2011 that I started hiring coaches. And I, one of my first coaches, um, I was following Brendan Burchard a little bit. And then I, he said that his coach was Evan Pagan. So I hired Evan <laughs> to be my coach. And Evan was saying, yeah, it, 
you learn give, 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 ask. You give away your best stuff. You give away your gold nuggets. And you and you want people to say, wow, if they're giving this away free, can you imagine what their paid product is, you know? And um, one of the things that I had to get over was thinking that if I give this away, there won't be any more. And it was it was really a, a leap of faith and to trust God that he has infinite creativity for me. And now, you know, I didn't, I wasn't accessing into the spirit realm like I am now, but now, you know, I can run into the spirit realm and grab that creativity and pull that down um, and, you know, really do something with it in the earth anytime I want. It's, you know, so it's it's an infinite supply. I just have to be tuned in and I have to have that intimacy with Father in order for me to have that access. So, As you say that, I'm just thinking, me, I, I've operated in my flesh and my own wisdom and my own skills and that kind of stuff. Yep. When you get into God's realm and the creativity, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no boundaries in Again, back on the 31 Day Wisdom Challenge, he was just talking about how what he's doing right now, he didn't plan to do it. God downloaded it to him, and it just had favor and it flourished, and then he was able, I mean, yeah. this is, I don't know how many of your people are in the, in the spiritual river, you might say, but he did a session, quote, a bonus session, you know, we always get the bonus session. Mm -hmm. and uh they had three guys in there and everyone in there they just started giving prophetic words over them i go whoa that's creative <laughs> and they go if that comes from god i have another lady over here that uh she she's a ceo and she goes into the boardroom and she doesn't quote say i'm going to prophesy over you but so they start saying saying words of, and guys will how'd you know that or a cheer come out of their eye and afterwards they go can you do more of that in the corporate room you know so i mean we should be operating as spiritual beings in this business absolutely yeah and i don't know if you know this or not but in my um spirit-centered business activation group we meet twice a month and we go into our heavenly conference room and we get usually we get strategies or you know um, solutions to problems but sometimes it's there's heart issues that need to be taken care of or just encouragement that needs to happen or you just need to put put two two and two together for us you know like oh that's what that means or you know something like that so it's really cool doing goes, it that way that goes back to the relationships and mm -hmm. like we've done with Gil and Adita and Ultimate Impact to me the biggest positive in there is you're doing it together and everyone has a different piece and like three plumb lines love honor and respect and sometimes we might not agree but we can bring a different perspective and then i go oh i never saw it from that direction i can understand that so i guess that brings up a thought is in business it's not all about me it's about what you're contributing to the relationships you're in in business Mm -hmm. And at the same time, uh, that skill of being able to pull people out and be transparent and, and, and build trust. I mean, you have to have trust in it. this marketplace nowadays. That's hard, hard to get that foundation of trust going. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I typically I have um, little words of wisdom to myself around, you know, around my office or my mirror or car or whatever. And for a long time, I had eyes on the prize. And what the prize was for me was God had showed me that in the marketplace i uh, i set captives free and my and and the two words would be free captives right so but but so i was saying thinking well what does that mean for me it's setting the voices free that have been held captive by fear and doubt Amen. so when i say eyes on the prize the prize is that is that voice is that message of that person getting out there. And so I have to keep my focus on how I'm serving this person in this moment so that their voice can get out there, yes. you know? Yeah, we just had a guy on one of is, is how to be a Christian and be in sales. And yeah. you go, well, he said, am I trying to help them by what I can offer them? Or am I just trying to make the sales so I make money? Like you said, that's that's the focus of why am I doing it. Right. Way back in my network marketing, you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? Oh, yes, of course. He had Actually, a, I, I'm friends had, with his daughter, Julie. Yeah. Well, he had a network marketing company for a few years called Zig Online. And hmm. I love Zig and went to Dallas numerous times and uh, got to sit under his teaching and some of his, his head teachers and all, all that. But the bottom line was relationships, relationships, relationships. And, and if I'm going to sell you something, it's going to be something that can help you. That's the motivation. I have something to really help you get to your goals. And Zig Online, I loved it. I mean, can you, can you imagine having hours and hours of Zig? And we were, we were marketing that. And people were loving it. You know, we, he, Zig is so precise that you could take a subject I'm just going back to this old, old company and you could search for uh, fear and you'd get two or three minutes on Zig that they've edited out of all of his talks about fear and there'd be, you know, four or five, six or whatever on any particular su subject. And his son, son, Tom, we worked with him a lot, but, uh, you know, to me, it just comes back to relationships. That's beautiful. So who else were you following at that time? You've mentioned Peter Lowe and you've mentioned Zig and of course Oz is now, but who back then, who were you following? Uh, uh, I think his first name, Carson. It was, it was a on, online affiliate program and he was huh. one of the biggest affiliate marketers around. We did that for, it seems, you know, like this, this would be, you know, like I said, learn from my mistakes is Whatever you try, you have to come in and say, I'm going to do this. We used to say for a year. I'm going to say two, three years. But I used to jump around. That was my biggest mistake. I used to jump around, jump around. I thought there, were, I thought there was some kind of magic thing that I could do. And I would be, you know, my always goal was to make $10,000 a month, you know. And uh, so I jumped around. This program's better than that one. So who was I motivated? motivated for me instead of the client, the customer, whatever you want to call them. So I had to find a program and I've been working the last 11, 11 and a half years in a company called Trivita out of Arizona. That's a nutritional pro program. I've always been kind of in nutritional kind of things. And uh, 
uh, Michael Ellison, who's the owner, is a marketplace believer. He's done a lot of, uh, he's worked in video and he does long, long form ads on, on uh, TV, that type of stuff. But it was just, again, into the relationship. Not, you don't have to be a Christian to be in the business, but many of them are because we align with the values, which is another key thing is you might be able to make a lot of money, but does it align with your values and to be able to, yeah. oh, no, that, that doesn't fit me. So. Right. That's good. That's really good. So I'm sure that you've had a lot of incidences where you've had to make a choice between your values and money. Can you think of any that you'd like to share? Well, all the ones early on, it was the money. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably why they didn't, didn't didn't work. And uh, just coming up later, I have a really close friend that uh, he, uh, he's one of the top producers in, in, uh, uh, in the financial realm for doing, uh, what, what, how, how can I say this? His products are annuities that you can't lose any money, but they can still make money. And I've been his uh, best, what do you call it, lead, lead finder. He says, you're the best guy. But I, he's asked me to be in his business three or four times. I go, no, that doesn't fit me and my values because he is in the office, you know, and he's not really spiritual. I like to be outside. You know, yeah. he's, you have to have an insurance license and I go, I'm not going to sit through all of those kind of things, you know. So, so those mm-hmm. values didn't, it wasn't bad or good. It just weren't my values. But mm-hmm. what he said, uh, and, and uh, Pedro even said this the other day that he's the kind of uh, business person that says, "I will sell the product that helps the client, not my pocketbook." And both Pedro and my friend said, "I was selling a product." that I lost $300,000 a year on because I wasn't selling the, the other product where the commissions were good. And uh, Pedro even says, well, I had the owners of the business get in their private jet, come here and say, what are you doing? You're leaving all this money on the table. I says, well, this product is better for my customers. And it took them a while to get onto that grid of, you're kidding me, because we're on a long road, not a quick, quick turnaround. You know, you might get a, spike in your income on the other ones but if it doesn't work you can lose lose clients that type of thing so always say to your client first and those are some of the things that i've learned about values in the marketplace uh uh try and think some of the you know just a funny story about amway you know i couldn't do the way that they taught how to do it they said oh invite people over for dinner and all this kind of stuff and then hit them up with a business opportunity no, I said, I can't do that. That's, that's deceiving. You know, it's not right. It's, yeah, that's just, yeah. yeah Bait and switch kind of, yeah. yeah. That feels smarmy to me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, so, yeah. so I've learned through all of that, you know, how to, how to, how to uh, have that intuition of knowing what fits and what doesn't fit. And it was really mm-hmm. funny because my wife and in, in December, we'll be married 50 years, you know, so. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's cool. You know, we've done a lot of these things together. I I was always a driver, but she was the support and all that. And uh, there's been a few times 
when she's kind of, I don't feel good about that, you know. I says, oh, but we can make a lot of money, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I get in it and, Choo! and so yeah. it was just this week, I was just saying, I just have to apologize because you're the best counselor and you might not know anything technically about what I'm doing, but your intuition and your spirit person can say, don't be in business with that person, that type yeah. of thing. You know, that, That's really good. I had yeah. to, uh, you know, just give another transparency is that uh, I went into a partnership. I've been in two partnerships in my life. And I said, that's the worst decision I ever did. And why did I go in those partnerships is because I was afraid to do it by myself. But I, I would have been better to do it by myself and failed even if I would have. But here's what happens is uh, I was even counseling my daughter who's in a in a business situation that has two partners. I said, somebody has to be 51. You can't have a 50-50 partnership because it's just loggerheads. And this story is, I was, we, we bought a, a gas station in town. Uh, like I said, I've always been in automotive. And the other guy was a Christian and I was a Christian. And it was like oil and water personality wise. And at the end, I worked Monday through Wednesday. He worked Thursday through Saturday, and we didn't go to go to the workplace together. And ended up having to go through having one of our pastors mediate our dissolution. So here's another wow. wisdom thing: is if you go into a partnership, there's two things: got to be fifty-one forty-nine or anything other. And the first document that you write is your dissolution agreement, your exit plan, because that's where, you know, you think everything's all cool, but, oh, I think the business is worth 150000 Well, I think it's worth seventy five. Well, how do you come to an agreement that's going to cost you money, you know, when you split up? So those are just two wisdom tips I give you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, those are really good wisdom tips. I I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. I mean, that's like a prenup, right? You, no one actually wants to dissolve it. However, in a business, there is an exit strategy, right? You 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 don't want to be working until you not fall over debt, typically. Right. You know, or maybe you want to just be a consultant for them, <laughs> but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Wow, that's really, really good. And I just want to backtrack a second, though, because I do believe that there is a balance to be found between selling something that really serves the client, and I don't think you need to go broke to do that. Right. I, I don't want to leave anyone with an impression that you, you can't make a lot of money because you know, you have to lose money in order to serve your client well. And no, there ha there can be a balance of, you can have both, you know, in God's kingdom, <laughs> you know, you can, you can do both and, and even more, you know. Yeah, even more. And, you know, there, here's, here's another wisdom tip for me, because I was that person that I would lose money because I was afraid to ask people to pay me. Yes, I get run into that all the time. Yes, I, I, I'm just a soft heart. I want to help people. And, yes. and, and that whole adage is, if there's no skin in the game, it's not a good thing. And I've always 
been really leery about asking for skin in the game. And I, that's one thing I've learned over my, my life and experiences is if you value this, you will put something on the table and say, I valued this. And, you know, just, I'm just thinking, you know, how many things have I done that were free, that were good, that I didn't follow through with? Exactly. Or you did them halfway. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you have, and one of them is accountability. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like you were talking, you went and hired coaches. Is it the biggest mistake I've made? I'm a loner. I go, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. And oh, believe me, I have a lot of that in me too. <laughs> so, so as I've gone further and further in, lo- in my life, I've got, you know, going through proverbs. You know, lots of counselors and lots of people. You know, that hey, I'm thinking of this and that that would have prevented me from going off the cliff so many times if I would have talked somebody, because I get idealistic. Oh, I can do this and do this and it works. But mm-hmm. when it doesn't work, I mean, you're just flat, you know, so you just really have to pull back and just say relationships. Again, I need somebody that like, if you want to do anything, you need a coach. If you want to, right. In fact, I'm doing, uh, uh, I just started, signed up for this coaching thing last week and uh, and it costs money. And I go, oh, oh sure. I go, wow. But I've been uh, struggling with type type two diabetes. So, oh, wow. and I've been quote doing it yourself and doing fairly well at maintaining it with lifestyle and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm a human being, you know. From from Thanksgiving to New Year's, you know, put on ten pounds and you get back on the program and it comes down. Well, this year it didn't come back down, and I said, "I need some help." And you know, this guy talk about a sales funnel. I mean, you have to qualify to to be in the program. So we need to have an interview to qualify you. You know, and basically he's just finding it. Are you all in? Or are you just messing around? Yeah. Because so, in business, you can spend a lot of time messing around with people that don't want what you have. They just want to, you know, take your time and your energy. So that that's that's a balancing act of being able to uh, sort those out as early as possible. Even when exactly. I when I had my gas station, we we had a lot of minimum wage workers, and mm-hmm. I says, I will know within the first week if I'm going to fire you or keep you. And my buddy who I we had the big problem. He wanted to keep somebody in, and, and if, if you have them after probation, you can't get rid of them. But in probation, you can say, "Yeah, I just don't think it's working out," you know, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So you learn that as as you go along. And I'm not sure where I'm going, so ask me another question. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> might be a really good time to just take a break. So um, let's just take a break for, you know, like they used to say, for station identification. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we'll be right back. Spirit-Centered Business, Spiritual Principles, and Business Principles combined. If you're ready to align your destiny and discover the destiny of your business, join us. We are entrepreneurs, leaders, and business professionals who take the power of the spirit realm in our business seriously. We go beyond just consuming information. We participate, activate, and engage the supernatural with unbelievable results. 
If you want to gather with like-minded business professionals to activate spiritual principles and mastermind creative solutions to business challenges, Spirit Centered Business is your tribe. Go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com to become a member today. Okay, and we are back. And I have my guest, Ron Hart, here. And we were just talking about the wisdom of, um, what would you say, cutting ties early, fall, fail fast? Yeah, you exactly. know, and, yeah, there you go, fail fast. Yeah, yeah and, and try to fail forward as much fail as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't, I think that successes in business and in life really depend on just what you learn from your failures because no one is going to have 100% success every single time. And sometimes it's the failures that really do the internal work that allow us to get to the success in the, in the future. What do you think about that? That's one thing about being an entrepreneur. I don't know of anybody that hasn't had failure along the road. That's just part of it. Like, like I know, being a network marketing, you know, we would build it, build it, build it, and then the company would go out of business. And I go, oh, mm. wow. You know, so what did I learn here? You know, and sometimes that was a business plan of a lot of startup network marketing companies. Come in, make as much money, and then just dissolve. Yeah. Oh, I learned that one really quick because I'm very gullible. I trust people, and I think what you tell me it's the truth. And I've learned that uh, it doesn't always work that way. And at the same time, not be skeptical, but uh, be a little bit wiser as we move forward. Yeah, that's a really good point. So um, I want to move into what you're going to be teaching in the academy. You're going to be teaching on finding your why or your purpose. So tell me, you told us a little bit in the beginning of how you found your why. You actually went through a program. Is it, yeah. Did uh -huh. I, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me, I guess, what it was like before you knew what your why was versus how it is after you knew what your why is so that people get the, the gist of how important it is. Well, it's really funny because, uh, what I've learned is my why has to be my why. In the first part of my life, I was living what other people said your why is. So I follow. Interesting. So it's uh, uh, like I said, I was a college prep student. I did really well. I played sports, yeah. played football, and my auto shop teacher just really mentored me. And he wanted me to be an auto shop teacher. So that was my why. So I ended up being, uh, got my degree to be an auto shop teacher. Mm -hmm. And then got, got, it was really, really funny. Yes. There was no, there was no jobs when I graduated from college. So I go, so I went back into being an auto mechanic. So here I am, uh, little town in Aptos, California. So we'll, beautiful beach town. I was working as a mechanic in a gas station. And one of my friends who was a football coach says, did you apply for the auto shop uh, position here at Aptos? I, I didn't even know they had an auto shop, you know? I says, well, I have the degree and 
you know, I paid the money, the time, I might as well go do it. So I applied and I got the job. So it was a brand new empty building. So I got to build it from ground floor up. Wow. And, and I just, I, I love kids and I love building things. But along the way, uh, it really wasn't my why because I love the kids and I teach at auto shop, but I hate the bureaucracy of education. And oh. I, I, I was a second class teacher because I taught auto shop and I used to wear overalls. But it's really funny because I go to a faculty meeting and they kind of look, uh, he's a shop teacher. You know? But then they was like, Ron, my car does this. What? what's wrong with it you know and i says well come grade my papers and i'll fix your car you know <laughs> you know so it, <laughs> it, it was it was somebody else's calling and and it wasn't my it wasn't my driving force so i lasted teaching high school for 10 years and that's and a good stint and i go back to when i was in the gas station and i took that job as teaching i took a 40 percent cut in pay I go, what? What's this college education for us? I'm going to make more with my hands out here. So every summer, I built houses to make money. <laughs> you know, oh, you have three months off vacation. I says, no, that's three months of unemployment that I have to go out and make some money. So I had a stint where I built three houses and that type of stuff. But uh, wow. as, you, as you go through it, your why has to be something that it's so inbred in you that no matter what the obstacles are, you're going to go for it. And for teaching, I love the teaching, but I hated the environment. And uh, it, it, it ate me up. August every year when school started getting ready, my stomach just used to start to turn. Trying mm. to go, I don't want to go back. But like I said, relationships. I love the kids. I love the kids. And, and, and it was fun for me because auto shops are practical thing it's not a theoretical thing yeah. and, and they used to dump all the hard hard kids in the auto shop you know and then they would say they hate school how come you have them for four hours because they want to be here and it wasn't sit down and i'm going to teach you but i mean i was hands on let's go out oh here's a problem well how do we figure it out and use that as motivation one do you know how to read I mean, ran into the even back then. You know, do you know how to read? And I could pick it up really quick. You know what's going, and I could get them a mentor that way. But uh, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going for that. But your why has to be something that's in your heart. That's really good. That's yeah. It, it's it's so um, heartbreaking when you see someone pushing and struggling for something that's not really on their destiny scroll, you know, or, or they're, they're called to do. And I probably was, was doing that for a little while. I, I'm just trying to remember, you know, how I originally started. I'm an architect and I, I was doing interior work and then I was doing uh, facility management for some pretty, you know, some of the largest companies in the U.S. and um, managing the construction. I wasn't actually doing architecture work. I hired the architects and I and, and everybody else to, to, to put the team together. 
So I always loved that, but I didn't necessarily like working for these big corporations that had a lot of red tape. And, you know, it was always, you always had to hire, I don't have anything against unions, but you always had to hire union work, which was right. three times the cost yeah. of doing construction any other words, you know. Anyway, so... Yeah, there's always pros and cons, but you have to, I think it's the bigger thing is when it's from your heart and when it's your true calling, you'll get, you'll get over those things that is just a necessary evil, quote unquote, or, um, you know, you'll push through and you'll have success one way or the other. Yeah, Whereas, that's, yeah, that's a big par paradigm shift change for me because I was, I was brought up in a very solid home. But my dad would work two or three jobs to make ends meet. And my sister was, you know, later in life says, Dad, I just wanted you to be around. He says, Well, yeah. if I went around, you wouldn't have eaten. You know, so there there was a little bit of uh poverty spirit passed on to us gener generationally, you know. So mm -hmm. uh to me, what my dad says, you just go do what you need to do to Bread on the table so it, that aspect of something that was in your heart that you really felt called to do was never even an option for me and mm. you know i i have two grown kids one's 41 and one's 38 and uh i i've asked both of them and they're completely different I have one one daughter and one son usually boys and girls are different anyway yeah. i said i just have to ask you for forgiveness to training you up to be a workaholic and mm. at the same time they go it's easier to slow down a workaholic to, than to motivate a lazy person you know so i go well at least now i can teach you balance and i've been doing that later on life and you you would love my daughter she she's uh works for a company called odyssey teams and they do corporate team trainings like you know coming oh, to yeah. training and like but it has a philanthropic hook to it like they'll build bicycles like oh we're gonna build bicycles and give everybody their toolbox and you open it up and all i have is screwdrivers and all that team has is is crescent wrenches and all that team you know so you have to start collaborating and all that so they build this bicycle and at the end they bring in boys and girls from the boys and girls club and they give the bikes to them and oh, the people so cool. just go well, he said, oh, we better go tighten up those nuts a little bit more and check it out and all this kind of stuff. And then the other one they built is they built prosthetic hands for the Middle East because there's so many, you know, amputees and that kind of stuff. Wow. And, and their, t their testimonies that they show are so awesome that, you know, they can't work it, but it's kind of a, a fixed mechanical hand, but they can put a, a fork in it. And this guy goes, I can eat. I can eat, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, uh -huh. shovel it in. So, you know, she's, she's, uh, you, you would love her because she's a go-getter and she's even started some, she's in some women executive clubs in the Bay Area and that kind of stuff. But she's gone from, uh, what can I say? She had an AA degree and now she's on the corporate team of this company and Going back to the 50-50 partnership, it's owned by two guys, 50-50. And they're kind of in the break the gravy off of the business with no further vision. Or my daughter says, oh. we got to grow, we got to grow. And I says, 
you know Ed Savoso, he, he his uh, he has two guys that are in in uh, uh, Vacaville, not Vacaville, Vallejo. That he has a, a bus company, and he ended up selling the company to his employees, and and that has just turned everything around. And he said it, the first year was horrible because everyone in the company was still working as an employee, not an owner. So when you own the business, and, and so my dad goes, well, how do you do that? And I says, well, you need to connect with these guys. And I did that. But I says, you just go say, here's a proposal to buy you out. And you just write a note for whatever you negotiate is the cost. And then you get paid off on a yearly basis on, on profits until they're paid off. And then all the employees own it. You know, so I go, this is a new trend and in, in, in the the guys that are doing it, they're saying this is the new kind of capitalism is not for me, but for the whole group that we can make money, we can have leverage, we can build up and we can scale out. But all the employees benefit from that, just not one guy at the top. Thanks. You know, that comes back to the, the point you were making about having skin in the game. Yep. Yep. When you're an owner, now you're going to work with a different filter on than I'm just an employee. Yeah. Uh, just being an employee. Have you ever heard of the book You Incorporated? It is about probably 25 years ago, but it was a book that even if I'm a W 2 employee, I am the boss of my incorporation. That's me. That's my identity. That's how I do my work. And one of the. Like yeah. One of the things in my, in my, I've never, quote, gone into something that I say I want to be the leader, but just by going in and being, you incorporated and being honest, giving a good day's work, but pretty soon I'm the, I'm the lead or I'm the foreman or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you just do it by, by longevity and being loyal. It's been fun, like Alice Hillman. I've just been loyal to him and, and every stage he starts drawing me more into the inner circle, you know, so I can call Oz on his cell phone, you know. <laughs> well, get him on the show. I've talked to him a couple times and he, he and his, his wife, Pamela, but um, yeah, I, I really want to get him on the show. I haven't talked to him lately. I want to make sure I have all this tech done you know, fixed and sorted. I don't want to run into any of these tech issues when I have somebody like Oz Hillman on, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we, uh, Gil had him on uh, yeah, er, er, yeah. early on, you know. Yeah, I was on that show with him because, um, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I met him a couple times in person and he said when I was going to do this show years ago, when I, I started Spirit Center Business in 14 and then I wanted, I knew that I wanted to do a show um, I asked him way back then, and he said, yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good show when, with, when he comes on. But this one's about you, Ron. So. <laughs> hey, it's about us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. We're, we're coming up, wrapping it up here. Is there anything else that you want to share about bringing your spirituality into the workplace or any of the spiritual principles that have helped you in the workplace? Well, I think we're just talking about Oz, and he just says there's no separation between the workplace and your spirit, spirit life. They're integrated. Uh, again, we're talking 
identity. You were talking about uh, character, character, bringing that in to, to your business place. And uh, I was just talking about the relationship and working with us. Is like I said, I started moving into his inner circle, and we were in a small men's retreat with twelve guys in Colorado. And he introduced me as his Jonathan. And I about fell over. Wow. It, it just being loyal and true and not trying to do anything, to just trying to serve him and being his friends. But uh, bottom line about relationships and, and being a positive influence on other people to be who God created them to be. That's really good. Yeah. That's, you know, at the minimum, that's what we need to be bringing to the table everywhere we go. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's really good. Good. All right. Well, thank you, Ron. I'm excited for what you're going to be teaching in the academy, more on finding your purpose and your why. And do you think we're going to uh, talk about counting the costs a little bit too, maybe? Exactly. exactly. All right. Sounds good. All right. So everyone, thank you so much. Again, this has been Ron Hart and I appreciate your viewership. And if you'd like to be part of the Academy, you can go to spiritcenteredbusiness.com and click on that. We'll be starting up in February. So if you're watching this later, we've already started, <laughs> but I wanted to get a, you know, some volume of work in there before everyone comes on in, but you are welcome to do that. And thanks again to Kingdom Talks Media and the Fringe Radio Network. I so appreciate being on both of those networks. All right. Thank you, Ron. And thank you very much, audience. And until next broadcast, stay spirit-centered. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Spirit-Centered Business with Berlin Newby. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. The next age of doing business by being spirit-centered is coming together in collaboration, working with spiritual principles and knowing our destiny. Join our tribe at spiritcenteredbusiness.com and we'll catch you on the next broadcast. Peace out. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Some call it insight, others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything, what will help you succeed today and tomorrow. Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything, BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC, member FINRA SIPC.